Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, Mindbully Pie. Yeah, it's love. Yeah, yeah. Norris Odiase, your host, tapping in once again. You know what time it is, baby, baby, baby. Y'all know how I get when I get how I get. Come on, man. Come on, man. Mindbully Pie, we in the Billy Billing. If you don't know Ebonics, is we're in the building. We're back. Another episode now. Thank you so much for being here. This one's going to be a fun one. If you don't know me, you're like, oh, God, he's doing a lot. Stick around, though. Stick around if you don't know me, if you don't care about me. Stick around just because I got a guess. I got a guess in the middle. We'll be talking about social anxiety and what it literally, literally looks like. So stick around. It'll be a great episode. But thank you so much if you're new. From the bottom of my heart, I thank y'all so much for tuning in every single weekend, sharing your reviews. It, <laughs> It's just special, man. It's special what we're building. I see it. I see it coming to fruition. So thank you so much. Please leave a review if you haven't already. Tap in with me. If you're on Spotify, you can actually, you know, type in A-P-P-L-E podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review for free. You could do that. And also, you know, you playing both sides. You on both teams. Why not be on the Mind Bully podcast team? So now thank you so much. Do that. Leave a review. Rate it. It'll mean a lot to me and this platform. Seventh day of Christmas, my mama gave to me a Mind Bully podcast family. That boy says seventh. It's not even the fifth. I have issues. What's good? I'm in the holiday season, man. I'm in the I'm in the mood of giving joy, love, peace, happiness, all that. And Mind Bully podcast back to bring that again. Thank you so much again for tapping in. I didn't thank y'all about 20 times. You know, I feel good, though. But now, thank you guys, though. Before we get into a check-in, man, I want to do a challenge, a little challenge, man. I've been texting, I mean, it's been a couple days now, but for every day I've been texting people that I'm really thankful for in the morning, right when I get up after I pray, and just thanking them like a genuine thank you. So every single day this month, I challenge you, text somebody, text somebody you haven't talked to that you're really thankful for in your life that played a huge part in your life. Text them and just tell them. Tell them what you mean to them. Tell them what they mean to you, rather. And just tell them how much you love them, how much you thank them for being that person in your life. You never know what somebody's going through. And just a simple thank you, I love you, goes a long way, especially it's December, man. Come on, if you can't be thankful now, when are you going to be thankful? But now, send that out, challenge you. That's Norrance challenging you to send a thank you text every single morning, every single day, at least, that you're grateful for those family members, those friends that you have in your life. So check-ins, check-in, check-in, my check-in today. Honestly, guys, the check-in is a little different because to be honest, right, this is just a frank check-in. I'm probably about a six, 6.2-ish because I'll tell you why in depth in a little bit, but this very podcast, this is the second time we're recording this podcast because the first time we recorded, it just... I don't know. It was just like my mind, like my mind believes like, all right, bro, you got to be perfect. It has to be this, that and the third. And it's like I'm trying to be so perfect with this with this uh, platform. And it's like it's kind of getting to me um, today. This has nothing to do with the platform. But just in my life, it's like I was driving to I, I get up. I get up at like five thirty. And I like I, I listen to worship and I, I listen to a scripture and I watch a sermon. And today I was just crying and crying and crying. It's because because I don't know, it's just things in my life. It's like it's coming 
like the anxiety is building on on things of the future, like basketball wise or business wise or this podcast wise. And it's like so many ideas come to my head and it's like I'm such a grinder and I want things to go the way I want it. And I want to just give value in, in the right way, in the Norrance way that I think like all the pressure is on me. So I forget like, damn, like it's not about your works anyway. It's about God's works. So I kind of like poured out my soul this morning. I was I was drip dropping everywhere on the way to on the way to uh, the gym. But I feel like that gave me some peace and some solace to do this podcast round two, because I have a very special guest, very, very special guest in the building. This guest, actually, she is probably I'd say one or two reasons that I made this podcast in the first place. She's like one of the people that would kept pushing me. He's like, just make a podcast, like just make it, just do it. And I'm the type of person that like I have something inside of me and I kind of like overthink and it's like, I want it to be perfect. She's like, just do it, just do it, just do it. So joining me is just, just Jazzy, just Jazzy IDK, just Jazzy. Welcome to the Mind Bully Podcast. Thank you. Wow. Is that too loud? Jasmine. No, Jasmine, Jasmine Smith. She's one of my good friends. Um, I, I actually do this podcast because she's a person. She also has her own podcast, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But she's a person that someone I hold in really high regard. She's very opinionated, which is something that is problematic for us. But we don't agree on it. A lot of things, which is fun. But she's goal oriented independent, hardworking. She's so self-aware. She's probably the most self-aware person in touch with her feelings than anyone I know on this earth. Is that pretty good? That's that's pumping your head up with... Probably uh, the nicest thing you ever said to me. Stop the cap. I'm always nice. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. But quick for the people listening, I want to hear the Jasmine, the Jasmine Smith story. What's your story? What's your, the background, where you're from? What do you do? You know, give me, give me the rundown, the spiel. Yeah, I'm Jazz. I'm from Alaska. I live there till I was wait, 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 pause, 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 pause. Since we're friends, right? I need some, you know, I'm literally standing up doing this interview. I need some, you know, Jasmine. You're going to get me exactly how I am because that's exactly who I am. Okay. I'm not going to change who I am just to like make you and, feel better about what you're doing. And guess me, exactly what exactly what you're doing is what I wanted. That's sassy, Jazz. Before you were just like, yeah, now I need sassy. Anyways, anyways I'm from Alaska. I grew up in Alaska. I lived there till I was 18. Then I moved to Arizona and went to college for one semester, hated it, dropped out, and then got my real estate license, sold real estate in Arizona for two years, and started working at a real estate tech startup after that, worked there for two years, got laid off, moved to Denver for a new job at a real estate tech startup, worked there for like a little bit over a year. Then I quit and got a new job that's remote, and then I just moved to New York um, a month ago. (laughs) Jasmine, that's a whirlwind. That is a whirlwind. I, that's a whirlwind. And it's like, I know you and I know your story and just hearing this, it, just like, wow. Like how, like, first of all, what made you come from Alaska to Phoenix? Right. Like, it's- yeah, I went, well, I went there cause I got to, I got into college there. I went to university of Arizona for a semester. And like, that's where I got into school. And my parents were moving to Arizona after Alaska. So like my family was just going to be in Arizona anyway. And that's where I got in school. My best friend was going to school there too. So it just made sense. What? Okay. Okay. That, I mean, that's okay. It makes sense. 
what made you want to like drop out and then jump into real estate? Like what was the thought process behind that? Well, I had to pay for college on my own. So if I didn't drop out, like I got my first semester free because my dad's in the military basically. And so I had a semester to figure it out and figure out if I want to stay or not. But if I wanted to stay, I had to pay for it. There was nothing that I wanted to do career wise to where it made sense for me to be in college. Yeah. Yeah. I, so Jasmine, I, didn't even know I that. knew I wanted to be in real estate yeah. and started real estate school like a few weeks after I dropped out. And then I was like, if I don't, if it doesn't work out, if I don't make any money, I'll go back to school. Then it worked out really well. I made a bunch of money and I bought a house and. Yeah. And, and just knowing you, I know that you have such a unique story where you've been, where you're from, all the places that you've touched. You worked in sales, real estate, consulting, tech, to now TikTok. Literally the one that you have the most passion about, you didn't name TikTok. So why that's important in a, in a more serious tone. I kind of want to focus on TikTok because it's like, She's what they call an influencer, but I saw her journey from the start and it's, it's kind of impressive. And I have never told you this, but I'm extremely, extremely proud of how you've, you know, rose from the, what, rose from the ashes? That's a good, rose from the ashes. That's a good one, yeah, yeah. But in a year's time, I think you're almost at, what, 200K follows, almost 37 million likes. Something like that. That's, that's tough, but... Honestly, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of of how you've been able to take a step in that way and and showcase yourself on a broad scale like that. I'm, I remember we talked about <laughs> you doing this. You started when in in January you had like 20k. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now you're almost at 200k. Talk about that journey and and how you've kind of built yourself on TikTok. Well, thanks for the proud thing. That was nice. Um, it was like a really slow journey. Like it wasn't like an overnight success and it was more of like a trial and error and figuring out what worked and what didn't and like understanding analytics and like connecting with an audience and figuring out like, like every, well, most people on TikTok have a niche or like right. they have like one thing that they do to like make them, you know, grow. And I didn't want to have a niche cause I feel like that makes you stay in that one box and I want to be able to hop around in different boxes. Right. So I just wanted to be able to be me and make money off of being exactly who I am. Yeah. And like, as like I've grown, I've shared more and more about my personal life with my followers, which has like made me grow, but it's been like a slow and steady thing, not like an overnight thing. Not an overnight thing. What from everything I just heard you in from being connected with you and knowing you, how, what kind of drove you to, to see the long-term um, outlook of of getting to a place where you get different kind of brand deals you're making over over like 50k in like six months what kind of drove you to this hey I'm making a platform not just for entertainment but for a business a business savvy mindset at a young age what kind of what is the the story behind just the drive and like the mindset to to, to reach a different height other than just entertainment Well, I started TikTok because I lost my job. I got laid off when COVID happened. And I was like, it was like at the time point in time where like no one, no one could get a job, like no matter what your qualifications were, like you just weren't getting a job because it was like, this was like peak COVID, like in March. So I was like, I'm just, this is when I downloaded TikTok and I was like, I'm just going to be on unemployment and make videos and like, hopefully it works. 
And I did that. Then I eventually got a job and because it wasn't working, but I stayed doing it while working. And now I make more on TikTok than I do at my actual job. Right. Jasmine, 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 pause for everybody listening. This girl, Jasmine, she is downplaying her whole process. Literally, like whenever I talk to Jasmine and I have a question about something corporate, something sales, something monetizing my content, something I go to Jasmine because she she literally has a strategy to where she she sends emails to the right people like she's in contact with. She knows to get to this step, to get, man, let's say a 10K deal. I do this, this, this. And then I post this many times like. I really want to know, like, what made you understand that it takes that much work, like posting consistently from this from this day to this day, then not seeing results and then switching it up? What made you kind of switch on the fly and have that uh, movement through ambiguity? Like what how did you know to do that to get to this point? It was all just trial and error. Like for me, like I started making videos about TV and watching TV shows and those ones would perform really well. And then I would sprinkle in videos of me just being myself and those did decent. So like the more videos I made about TV, the easier it made it to easier it made it to sprinkle in more videos of myself. And then I was like, not selling myself, like Loki selling myself also, but like providing other content as well that people were actually interested in. But like you got to know me both ways. So it's just like when the video worked well, it's like, why did that video do well? And then like, how can I make another video that's similar to it, but not the, not the same? My thing is, I feel like I, again, you're downplaying it. <laughs> you're downplaying it. Like a lot. I understand what you're saying. Like you just trial and error. You just work through it. Oh, that didn't work. Let's do that. But a lot of people would have just stopped. Like what made you keep going and not just, all right, it didn't work. I'm not I made viral. 50 bucks. I made 50 bucks and I'm like, <laughs> And like for doing for taking five minutes out of my day, I made fifty bucks, which is a fantastic hourly rate. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> how can I do that again and again and again? And how can I make it a higher amount? And that was like, I'm only can make money when videos perform well. So like, what's performing well and why is performing well? So that I can adjust it to be, like be like my content. Like, what's on my for you page and what's doing really well? And then like, how can I make a video similar to that? But like, have to do with what I'm doing. And when I, I got paid that 50 bucks, I was like, this was like so ideal and so easy. It was like, it just I makes sense to keep gift. trying. Jasmine, that's a gift. I think you're definitely downplaying and like, you're like, whatever, like that's a gift. A lot of people don't have that kind of stain of confidence or not even confidence, but that stain of, all right, let's try something else. All right, let's try it. Like people would have gave up and like, all right, bro. I'm, well, I'm my not- thing was, it's like, if I can get paid for being exactly who I am, like that's ideal for me. So it's like, I don't really care if I fail, like if I have to adjust or like re- re- redo something. Cause like that's, a, if you can just get paid for being exactly who you are, like there's no better job. So I, it wasn't like a give, a give up thing. It was like, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen like over time. Cause I, I always said I want to quit my job and just do like content full time. But so it's like, that's the end goal. I'm going to keep doing it. That's the end goal. What, what, why would you, Okay, so knowing you, right? I know mm-hmm. that you you separate TikTok from other socials because it's like for you, it's like different worlds. It's like on yes. TikTok, <laughs> there's kind of people, quote unquote, your besties that don't don't really know you as a person, but but they on- do. They know me better than anyone else, and then any any other social media at least. Like I'm I'm not I'm like my most authentic self on TikTok. 
and like my podcast. And then like Instagram, it's like you get a, you just get like a little bit. You don't really get much. Why and is that though? Why, why don't they get all the Jasmine? Because Instagram is just what Instagram is. And it's like, like people make Instagram like such an aesthetically pleasing, like just like you're, you're trying hard, like you're doing whatever it is on Instagram. Whereas TikTok, it's a space where like people are sharing their deepest and darkest like insecurities and secrets and like things they're uncomfortable with. So it's like, it's a safer space to like open up and be exactly who you are. Like people are more accepting in that space than they are in like Instagram. Do you think that has to do with your followers, people that you follow, like your background, your, your family, your friends, your people from your high school uh, on your Instagram, or just has to do with the platform? Um, I think it's a little bit of both because like for me, like I, like I do get anxiety about posting certain things on Instagram because I have like my hometown people that are on there who like, are just like, it's just a different kind of space. Even though the majority of my followers on Instagram are from TikTok, like it's still like, it wouldn't be like an unsafe space, but it would just like, for me, I, I would overthink it. But also just Instagram is what Instagram is. Like, you know, how I used to like when Instagram first came out, you could post with literally whatever and it was just normal. Yeah. Like you wouldn't do, most people wouldn't do that now because people would be like, why are you posting this? No. And that, that is so true. And it's like, it's a platform to post your life and to post what you actually go through. Why? <laughs> just thinking out loud, why, why would it, be like that why would it be different than, than tiktok people it's, made it like that people made it like an aesthetically pleasing like you're trying hard like you're showing off like the best moments of your life type of thing whereas i feel like tiktok you can show the worst like you can cry on there and people are gonna be like you're weird be like oh my god same <laughs> oh my god same um i kind of want to revert to what you said about some of your insecurities and and being able to share that on instagram and not um, and being able to share that on TikTok talk and not Instagram. Um, where does that, those insecurities come from and your story as a child, does that aid to your perception of yourself on social media? I don't think the two are connected. Really? Like I, like my struggles from Instagram or I have nothing to do with like my upbringing or like childhood or like my trauma or anything like that. It's purely just cause like Instagram is what Instagram is. Like oh. my followers really want me to do like a ask me, like ask me anything and like those links and all that shit. I won't do it. This is why this is this is why I like Jasmine, because we can get into a, a real conversation and not think the same about anything. And it's like unpacking what we actually think. And then we kind of like align at the end. So let's let's try. But my thing is, right. Yeah. There's an underlying to why there's a there's a like a uncomfortable or as you say, uncomfy posting on Instagram, like the insecurity that's there. Yeah. It might be because of the platform, oh, but I'm I saying, care what people think. Yeah. But that, but like me caring what people think is because of the platform, not because of like, okay. My- so if you switch, right. All your TikTok followers are on your Instagram. How would you feel? I post exactly the same. It's like, like I've thought about, like I've genuinely thought about like going through my followers and removing everyone from my hometown. <laughs> Jasmine, that is or just, exactly or just what I'm saying. making a new Instagram. Jasmine, that's exactly what I'm saying. Why, why is that? Like, what, what does that come from? Like for me, I think everything that we learn and everything that we we're do, like we do, it's learned, it's learned behavior, it's learned action, it's, it's lived experiences. What are those experiences from your childhood that are like, 
opposing these people it's from not even my childhood it's the fact of like they know a certain version of me and that's not the whole version of me that's not like an experience like trauma childhood that's not that's what i'm, not what I'm getting at no i didn't say trauma i'm saying that's childhood though I think high school and in middle school, that's childhood from your hometown, isn't it? Is it not childhood? It's also like people that I work with from my previous jobs. It's like, I don't need them like knowing that like I cry, like like how I cried in my therapy session on Tuesday. Like that's none of their <laughs> fucking business. Yeah. Whereas TikTok, like millions of people could see it, but ignorance is a bliss. And I wouldn't know if one of them saw it. Like, they probably did see it, but like, I wouldn't right. know that they saw it. So it's like, I find comfort in the fact that ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And it's, that okay, we can I guess agree to disagree, but we kind of agree. No, but we kind of agree. But no, I feel like even on any platform, on any social media platform, it's like you see a perception of someone, and you they see you on TikTok, they see you're always happy, they see you're dancing, they see you're you're kind of like showing this persona. You're showing you actually. Because, I mean, I w- they get their versions of me crying after therapy also. Right, like, exactly. Not, but exactly. Instagram only gets the good side. Let me let me, let me me reframe. Let me come correct. Yes. Comparisons are a big thing on social media. It's just like, how do you refrain from standing your lane on TikTok and doing what Jasmine does and not worrying about kind of trying to leapfrog other oh, that's TikTokers? that's really hard. Like, I always, like, someone said this to me once, and the comparison is a thief of joy. And it's super accurate. And like, it's, it is very hard because like the people that started after I did who are growing faster than I am. And it's like, we're doing the same thing. So it's like, hard not to compare, but it's also like things are going well. So why would I like let that take away from like what's going well for me? But it's hard not to. It's like, you're both putting in, like, I'm like, I'm working very hard at what I'm doing, but like not to, not to say that they aren't because they are also, but it's also like they may just be liked better by the people, like which is totally fine. But it's hard when it's like I'm putting the same amount of work and they're going at a faster rate than I am. Do you find yourself secretly either? Com- yeah, you said you compare kind of subconsciously, but, but I try you- to be really aware of it and not do it because like I, it, it's very toxic and it takes away from the fun that I'm having. And it takes away from like the accomplishments that I'm having. Yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself collaborating with those type of people, or you're like stay in your lane, I stay in mine? Let's. Well, like most of them, I have friends with, so it's like also I'm <laughs> super happy. Like I'm, I'm happy for them, but I'm unhappy for myself at the same time. And it's like I don't want to like I try to be really aware of it because I'm like I don't. Like I want to be happy for my friend and like there's yeah. no reason like I that should take away from like what they're doing or what I'm doing. Yeah, and even from what I'm hearing. And it's, it's an like, algorithm. It's an algorithm that I have no control over. <laughs> right. From what I'm hearing, it's just like I feel like this is a lot of people and people listening can relate to this. We're like, you're extremely layered, is what I hear. I hear someone who's not jealous, but kind of can be envious of people just like anybody else. Just but like naturally. Is, exactly. But is motivated by seeing their, their friends reach levels of success, like seeing like people do well. And the nice thing is like me and all my friends can have such open conversations where it's like, why are like, why is this going well for you? And like, why do you think that you're growing at this pace? Like we can have an open conversation. Like we're going to share like knowledge with each other versus like trying to gatekeep. Exactly. And that's like those, those are the type of creators and like friends I've made in the space, like where I appreciate, like, cause like a lo- that space can be like very negative and people can like be like clearly want things from you and like try to like grow or like want to collaborate just to get followers. But like people that I'm friends with, 
like we're collaborating because we actually like each other and like we want to see the other person like win and like we're sharing brands emails like with each other because we want them to make the same brand deal that I got type of thing. Right. People can be extremely negative. Let's I mean, let's I mean, touch on that because I feel like that is that is a dark side of social media that people don't kind of realize like until you're you and you're actually doing this every single day, multiple times a day, strategically doing things. You don't know how bad it is and how like it can affect someone's mental seeing, you know, every so often those negative comments that kind of like, where did that come from? I've taken like days off because people will be mean to me. And like, even though just a random stranger behind a screen who like doesn't make videos, like they they can like get to, it just, it's negative comments are going to affect anybody who's like a regular person. Like if you get enough of them, like they're going to have an effect. Yeah. So you take days off. How do you, how do you cope? Like, do you just take it off and, and completely off TikTok or posting? You mean taking off posting? Off? Really? Yeah. What is, what are the things that kind of stick out to you the most? Is it, I know a lot of TikTokers, I have another friend that does TikTok. It's just something about their, like their body or their face. It's always or, like a body or fa- a face thing. Really? Yeah. It's always like a look, like a looks thing. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's crazy because it's like, I feel like as people, everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants that, that validation. And it's like, whenever you don't get that to a certain extent, it's like, it kind of, it's not just a dark place. It can actually demoralize you for a, a while. How do you stay away from from that other than just taking days off. I mean, if you take a day off and you see another comment, are you going to take another day off? Like, how do you... It has to get pretty excessive for me to like... If I have like a video go viral, like I get more comments than usual. Like that's normally like when it starts. Um, but like my everyday stuff, like where I'm just having a regular views, like it doesn't really get to me. Like, because like, I, I, for the most part, like I'm very lucky. Like I I get pretty nice comments. Like I get... Because the community I've, like, I've built of like followers is like pretty nice to me. It's like when like when my videos was viral and it's on the for you page, it's like randoms that are on there that are just mm. being mean. But like also my followers will be in the comments and be like, no, you're ugly back to somebody when they're being mean to me. And I'm like, yeah. stop, don't do that. <laughs> but also thank you. Like I get like the thinking, intention. Thinking deeper into this, it sounds like for me, it's like in a weird way, you're a lot like myself. We're a lot alike because it's it's not like I seek validation and I don't hear you need seeking validation, but it's like the reassurance and, and you want to be so perfect yeah. and you want to be so perfect and work towards something. It's like, it's, it's kind of hard to, to stay in that vein. And it's for me, right. My perfectionism or that need to be perfect is kind of a hidden fear. It's like a fear of, of not, you know, reaching my goals and not being perceived this way. So I think I have to dot my I's and cross my T's exactly the way it needs to be. Um, is that the same way for you? Do you try to be perfect? I, like, I would say like on Instagram, like I'm trying to be perfect. Like that goes back to the whole thing of like where you're two different types of social media, like TikTok, I'm going to be like, if I wake up hungover and looking ugly, I'm going to wake up hungover and looking ugly and I'm going to post about it. <laughs> and like yeah. all that that is what it is see i do not get that that is so crazy but i i understand your reasoning but personally i don't get that i feel like it's the same like how can you 
you, you like you're obviously it's not like you don't have courage on one, but how can you be just jazzy? And then you come to Instagram, and you're like, you're, it's like your LinkedIn profile. Like, I mean, I'm trying to like get away from it. Like that's like one of my goals, like in the new year is to like, it's one of my resolutions is to like get more. I want to be like more of like my authentic self on Instagram, but it's not like an overnight thing for me. It's like a slow adjustment. Like, like for me the, the other day I posted on TikTok. I mean, not on TikTok on Instagram. I posted on my story and I was like, my new vlog is up. Like I've been doing YouTube everything every single week now, but like that was a big deal for me to like post that story. Cause like normally I would keep those two things very separate. So like, I'm, t- I'm taking baby steps. Like, it, but it's not an overnight thing for me because like it gives me like like I had anxiety all day because I did that. Really? Yes. And okay, so what is it for me? I I totally can connect with that in a way because my mental health journey has has kind of I guess I've realized that over this this quarantine really it's like I've locked in with myself like I've never had before and I feel like this is such a needed interview for me because it's like, you're the one person in my life that's kind of known who she is, at least in like a mental health, uh, uh, like self-awareness space. Like you always are aware of yourself, your feelings, how you're doing. And, and that's rare. And can you talk about how did you connect at a, I guess an early age or now, how did you connect with, okay, I need to break down and know exactly how I feel like, this is this is something that is needed. How did you? What's your mental health journey and your like what you go through? Um, one of my mentors always said to me like you have to break down to break through, and like that's like really stuck with mm, me. That's tough. Hold on, say that. Say that again. That's tough. That's tough. You, ha- you have to break down to break through. It's like whenever I have a breakdown, like I'm okay with it because like I'm getting towards something else. But I was just like at a really bad place. Like when I was like 18 or 19, like when I met my mentor at the time. And I just like hated everything. And I was super depressed and I was super anxious and just really unhappy. And I didn't know like the why behind it. So I started going to therapy and like through therapy, like getting to know like myself better. And I started going to like, I went to like a, I went to a conference once it was um, Tony Robbins conference. And it was all about like getting to know yourself. And I like walked on fire and like realized like that I hated my dad and like why I hated my dad. And like went through, like built up my childhood trauma and like things I wasn't dealing with. And like started, went, started, started going to therapy and dealing with the, all those different things and finding out, like understanding like why I am the way that I am. And I read a really good book called Leadership and Self-Deception and The Energy Bus and a bunch of like other self-help books. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, under- <clears throat> Sorry, keep going. I was about to cry. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> it's like, just like understand myself better. And like, the, and like, it wasn't like I... Oh, I fixed it. I'm good now. I, I'm going to stop. It's like, it's a constant, like I therapy today. I go to therapy every single week. Um, it's like a constant thing that I'm having to work on to like stay self-aware and like make sure that I'm like in a good space. Yeah. Um, there's something that you said that a lot of people go through. I mean, I talked about it kind of last week on my episode. Um, if you don't want to answer the question, you don't have to, but you talked I'm about, open book. yeah, you talked about you hating your dad. Um, yeah, your how how was that for you growing up? Um, I don't like your family dynamic. How has it affected you even for now? Like how how was that on you? 
Oh yeah. Um, so my, like mom, I grew up with my mom and not my dad. My mom, my dad cheated on my mom. So my mom hated my dad. So she always talked very negatively about him. So I grew up thinking he was a terrible person, but like what he did to my mother had nothing to do with me. And it took me like up until a few years ago to realize that. Cause I was just like, Oh, like we don't like him. Like he's a, he's a bad person, but like two things can be true at once. And like, he can be a bad person for cheating on my mom, but not be a bad person. Like as a father, but it was like he made, he made the effort and tried to be there, but I denied it. Like, and I wouldn't let him be there because my mom didn't like him. So like I grew up and I was like, I resent him for not being there, but I also didn't let him be there when he tried because my mom didn't like him. And I was like, Oh, we don't like him because of that. But that had nothing to do with me or like you, what I did as a kid. You let him be there for you now or now I don't not as a, like a father figure just cause like we've, it's too late to like be a dad because like, I'm like 25 years old. Like that's just not, I don't need you to be a father figure. Like, so like me and him are like buddies, like we're good friends. Right. But like, what, how are you going to parent me now? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like that, that's just missed and gone. But like, I can appreciate our relationship for what it is. And like, we're like friends and we're close. Like I can be open about a lot of things with him because we have a friendship. I don't really look at him like a parent. Yeah. And I, I feel like that says a lot about your story. I was, I mean, I know that you've said this before. You you weren't able to have a real childhood. Like you weren't able to be a real child. What if you could go back and, and rewind and change some things? What would you tell your younger self or how would you have an interaction with Jasmine years and years ago? That's funny. That's like what I constantly am working on in therapy is like healing your younger self. Right. Because like all those things that like affected you as a kid if carry over into like adulthood. Yeah. 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 And like me realizing it wasn't, a, I always thought it was a me thing. Like it wasn't a me thing. It was like a them thing, my parents thing. Um, so like realizing I would have told myself like, Hey, it's not a you thing. It's a them thing. And like so you can separate the two and it's okay for me to love my dad when my mom doesn't like him. And like, I wouldn't let myself love, my, like love him or care about him or like, interact with him because she didn't like him. I thought I was like disrespecting my mother because like she got cheated on, but like that had nothing to do with me. And she was immature by not dealing with her own issues. I'm like, but how she felt about him to separate the two and like, let me have like a father. So I like resent both my parents for the same reason. Really? Wow. That, wow. That's, I mean, that's a hard, a hard way to carry and a hard, um, thing to carry on your shoulders and walk this earth in. I, I feel like Well it's like I self sabotaged all of like all my whole childhood, like of like all those relationships. And so now like now I will self sabotage every relationship I get into. Really? Because of and and that's because of yeah. And I feel like when you're a kid, yeah. it's like there's there should be a reasoning in your head that's like as you're a kid, you can't say like, this is irrational. That's all you know. It's like yeah. learned behavior. Whatever you're in, you're like, okay, that's the way to do it. it, it it'd be one thing if you had a mindset that's like, okay, that's not normal as a kid. But you growing into that, it's like you're growing into that behavior. And now that's, that's all, all you, you know. know. Yeah, It's very hard to unlearn it too when it's all you've known for 25 years. What steps do you have or are you making any steps to kind of unlearn that behavior? Like unlearn that 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 kind of mindset, because even if those feelings are valid, in my opinion, I feel like there's a threshold to break for yourself. It's like, yeah, like you can har- har- hold it in so much and like 
be so hard, but there's a threshold for yourself that you can jump over. What are the steps that that you kind of take, even if they're not even huge steps, like what helps you? My biggest things are just being self-aware of when it's happening. Right. Like, all, like I recognize when I'm self-sabotaging something and like why that's happening like now so I can actually like stop it. Yeah. Or like I'll realize, sometimes I'll realize it after the fact, but it's like the biggest thing is just realizing it. Yeah. Because like you can't do anything about it if you don't realize that it's happening. Do you have specific triggers that make you say, oh, I can't do it today, or I feel it. I feel that that pain or I feel that from my childhood. Do you have specific triggers that you kind of battle with each and every day? Not like an everyday thing, but like it shows up when it shows up. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, typically from not even just your parents thing, but from any like anything that you've battled with, um, like maybe just any anything mentally, physically, anything that you're triggered that like, hey, I have this because you again, you are the most mental, mental health, health, mental aware person that like kind of it is in touch with how she feels. Anything that you tr- struggle with on the day to day that triggers you that like, hey, I don't feel good because of that. Like, what are your triggers? There's so many. There's literally so many things. Like, literally, I was watching a movie yesterday and there was a commercial for Slim Fast. Yeah. You know what Slim Fast is? Yeah. Okay. So my mom used to drink them. Like, that's, she wouldn't eat. She just drank them all the time. Like, she high key had an eating disorder and just didn't like ever deal with it. And like, it turned into me having an eating disorder because of it. And so, like, I'm like sitting there eating. I'm like, now I feel guilty for eating mm-hmm. because like that commercial triggered my eating disorder from the past because like that's what started it for me. Really? Wow. Um, I actually, I actually remember, I don't know if you told me in, in depth, but you remember, I remember you were like, I guess body dysmorphia, something yeah. about cereal. Can you, can you talk about that? Because I feel like a lot of people listening, right. Yeah. Deal with the same exact things. Like I literally had a friend that, that kind of said something like that. It's like, it resonates with a lot of people. How do you work through that kind of hold on your life? It's like knowing like what triggers you and like, if you can handle it or not. Like I don't buy cereal, like and this is a cereal thing. Like, because if like when I had an eating disorder, I would just eat cereal. And so like, if I have cereal in the house, I'll fall back into just eating cereal. And like, I'll call it a meal. Same with apples. Like I it was like a time period for like six months. I only ate apples. So if I have apples, I'm like, then I feel like if I'm eating other food, I'm eating too much. Even though I know I'm not like subconsciously, but like also subconsciously, because like that's all I used to eat. Like at that time, I'm like, why don't I eat additional food? Which is going to trigger something else. And it's like, what can you like for me hearing that? That's so one. It's so disheartening. It's disappointing. It's It's tough to hear, but it's like, what can somebody like me or somebody listening, if they're handling a situation where their loved one or friend deals with that, what can you actually do? Because me thinking is like, I can't really say my one, two, three motivation, pray like, yeah, that that helps. But it's like not practical. It's much, it's yeah. Like, yeah. So how do I be there for that person in that moment or I guess it's kind of like listening. And what do you think? I think like listening way? and just being there is like really helpful. Um, cause like I had like one friend who was like, list, who like didn't, wasn't like, you need to stop. 
Because, like, right. the person already knows they need to stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah. when you, like, give unwarranted, like, advice like that, it's, like, the most unhelp- unhelpful thing. It's just, like, not being judgmental and just, like, being there. Like, what like what could I do that could help? Yeah. Like, also, like, there were certain things she would have in the house that, like, were unhelpful to me. So, I'm, like, if you could get rid of, like, this shit from the house, <laughs> like, that would probably help me, like, eat tomorrow type of thing. Yeah. I guess it's just about like having those supportive friends. Like I will never forget what you told me. Like I'm sure you don't even remember, but whatever. You told me, right? Honestly, and this is the best compliment I've I think I've ever gotten. Like better than oh he's gorgeous. Oh he like oh my yeah, goodness. that's true. Let's say that's true. Whatever. But you said I'm the most positive person you know, right? Yes. That's fire. I, I said, I you didn't finish. I said, it's, I said, it's almost annoying. That's the very end of that sentence. I don't care about that. But no, that like that, that's lit though. Like I, one, thank you. But two, it's like, that's how I feel like that's how life should be. Like we should have fun with life. Even, even if we have our struggles, even if we have our battles, we're like, we're serving each other. We're getting better as ourselves and we're all in it together. That's just how I feel. But uh, sorry, jolly go lucky Norwich moment right there. My people know, but your people here listening, like, shut up, give us more Jasmine. But no, nah, here's what I really, what I've really heard so far from this interview. is somebody that's aware of their feelings, battles their feelings, just like all of us and works each and every step um, to kind of work back and to, to move past that. What, what is the, are the practical steps of change? Like we talked about feelings a lot and I talk about um, how I feel and where I'm at and, and the, the day to day of exactly how I just getting off my chest. What do you think for you are the actual like practical steps for change? It's like, yeah, we can be aware of our feelings. Now, how do we like change that? How, what are your steps? I think for just change having a constant, like, I have to, I have to have like a third neutral third party to like bounce things off of. Like I have to go to therapy. Like if I didn't go to therapy, like I need someone to hold me accountable and like going to therapy every week holds me accountable for like all the things I'm working on. And cause like I have to be like, Hey, this happened and here's how I adjusted or here's how I fixed it or here's how I did really bad or whatever it is. And having that person like where I have to like be accountable and say those things to like, it makes me want to show up differently. What happens when you're, Sorry, it's just a thought. Like, what happens when your therapist sucks, though? Like, oh yeah, that's me, like one I, thing that's really, really hard. It's very, very hard to find a good therapist. And I've got, I, I went through like six of them before I found the right one. But like, you can't just like, if you're gonna be serious about like wanting to like be self aware and like get better and like work on yourself and like understand your past traumas and how they show up in your adulthood and like change them and make different habits, all that. Like, you have to be willing to like put in the work to like find the right going. person. Like, you can't be like, oh, the first person sucked. I'm not, I'm not going back. It's right. like, okay, okay, why did they suck? Now do research better to find the next person before I meet with them and like give it a few tries. And if, it, if that person doesn't work out, find a new one. Like you're not going to find the right yeah. therapist on the first try. It's See, again, we think the same way, but just in different ways. For me, I just heard perseverance, work, grind until you find something, until you get to where you want to be. You just are like, oh, well, I mean, it just happened. Like my thing is. It didn't just happen. I put mo- in all the effort. Yeah. Yeah. And your mindset and your your kind of determination and, and and that locked in approach is why I kind of resonate not only to you, but like to people that like you are have a passion for, I guess, figuring out themselves, like have a dying passion. And no matter how it seems, 
on the day to day, I'm going to get to a point where I get what I need to be that person that I need to be. And I feel like there's a lot of people that just give up and there's something to be said about people that don't give up and just keep going and going. So that is, that is honestly a special trait in this, in a trait that I like to have and in all my friends, because that's who I can confide in if I have a problem, because I know that they'll persistently work for, actions for me as if they did for themselves. So yeah. that's a, that's a good little trait, Miss Jasmine. How does that, uh, you said something actually that goes well with that. You said, uh, I actually wrote it down. Let me see that I don't agree with. So we can, you know, of course you said, uh, <laughs> you said holding, this is what Miss Jasmine says, holding on to something once it's over it's pointless. Like, don't basically don't hold on when to did something. I say when that? it's over, it's over. You said that. When? Do you like you said that? When? Like you actually said like that today? In your pod. No. When did I say this? In your podcast. What was the context, though? The context was probably important. It was friendships, like holding on to something. When it's over, it's over. What do you like? What do you like? Step good, up to the okay, plate. Yeah. Like, put your big girl shoes. To, on. Pick, to, put your girl. Put your big girl pants on. I'm like, trying to you, recall you know? the context of why of like why I said what I said. Um, repeat the repeat what I said. Holding on to something is pointless. When it's over, it's over. Yes, holding on to it in a certain way. If it's like a negative, like where you're holding on to it, like for example, like I had the fr- this friendship that ended. Holding on, like me holding on to like that friendship did nothing but bad things for me. Like it just made me have like a pit in my stomach and I just felt not good all the time. When I let go of that friendship, like let just let it be what it was and be like grateful like for what it was. Like now it's over, but like I appreciate the time that I had, or, like whatever I learned from it, I felt better. But like me holding on to like what was like not there anymore made me not feel good. I feel like I'm so opposite. <laughs> I'm so opposite. But at but the same time, like two things can be true at once. Like I can still appreciate it for what it was, but like yeah. what it was is done. I, yeah, again, this is where we differ, but it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm a hoarder, I guess. If, if I have a genuine connection with somebody or a friendship, it's like I work, 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 even without like, I guess, caring about myself and like, but I care about them. So I'm trying to jump over hoops and try to make things work. And I end up kind of harming myself. It's like, I kind of probably need to be. You know what my therapist said today? She's literally said, if you have to choose between disappointing yourself or someone else, always choose someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, see, like, I don't agree with that. (laughs) I don't agree with that though. Think like for me, I don't agree with that because it's like, the thing is, why do you need to prove to like, like what, like why, like what's your reasoning for like, put, cause basically what you just said is like, you'll put yourself in a bad position. Cause like you care about the other person, but like, yeah, if it's not good for you, why would you do it? Like, right. what do you, like, what's, what do you gain? For me, it's just that? like service though. It's like serving other people. It's not like I'm, I'm putting myself in a, in a different light, but I created, like we had this conversation yesterday. We talked off, off the air. And it's like my passion is kind of like service and serving people. If somebody comes with me with a problem or issue, it's like if I have any, not for lack of better words, expertise or any thought 
towards them, I want to give that to them. It, it yeah. makes me feel fulfilled. Like, so I'd that. rather, I'd but, rather disappoint myself than somebody that comes to me with, you know, something like that. And I get your perspective, but it's like, if it's but also at the same time, if it's going to put you in a bad place, like it's never worth it. Cause like, you're not going to, like you may gain the fulfillment from it, but like, you're, you're also losing something else with it, from it, losing something else from it at the same time. Yeah. Do I feel like does it for you, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're kind of talking this through. An- anxiety, it's like anxiety is playing or destroying the relationship. Like, how for you, right? How does anxiety kind of play a, a role in your relationships? Whether it's a friendship or actually like a romance, like, how does your anxiety and your struggles, how does that play or rear its ugly head? I overthink everything. Like, I can't make a decision. Like when I called you the other day, like I, I can't, I can't <laughs> go through, like I overthink everything, like to give myself a pit of anxiety. Can I'm we like, talk about what you called me about or? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Like you can, you can tell them. I'm just listening. Yeah, you can say whatever you want to say. Basically, no, I'm not going to judge you, but. Well, actually, well, okay. So she called me, right? Jasmine, we're we're close. We talk about guys, girls, whatever. She calls me and she's talking to this guy, right? And this guy plays football, and he has a friend, a teammate that plays football. So she's talking to this guy for a couple couple weeks, couple months, what? Uh, like for a, a while, on and off. A while, talking to this guy on and off. He flies in because he has a game in New York. She lives in New York, and obviously his teammates in New York, but she flies in, she sees the guy, hangs out with him, whatever. And I guess, you know, how boys locker room talk, talk about the girl. Hey, I met this cute girl, blah, blah, blah. Actually, I lied. Cause I'm going to repost this to my story when you post it. And I don't want him to see it. Oh my God. So this is getting cut. Yeah. Cut that out. Cause I, I just don't need him knowing that I'm talking about him. (laughs) Okay. The point is, the point is I get it. anxiety shows up in a lot of ways and it shows up when I'm having conversations with people just day to day. Right. And like, I overthink things like crazy. Like I need, like I can respond to people, but a lot of the time I'm like overthinking, like what they're going to think about my response to where I have yeah. to like almost test my response with other people. So I can get different <laughs> yeah. perspectives of how they're going to take it. So I can see how that person that I'm sending it to is actually going to take it. Cause I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't make anybody angry. I don't want anyone to think that I'm crazy or anyone to think that I'm like one way or another. So like I get, it makes me very anxious all the time. Just constantly anxious. That is so like, it's so exhausting, but it's something it's exhausting. I can, I like the, the old me. Well, me, I personally, honestly, I can't like, I don't connect with that, but talking to other people like my brother or different people that I know that handle or deal with social anxiety. It's like, that's the thing. And it's, and it's so exhausting. It's like, it's how overbearing. You, what is, how, what kind of helps you then? Like, is it just having those friends? It's like, okay, you're good. Like, like Reassurance. Is it having that. Yeah. Okay. But also okay, like yeah. I, I, I preface my anxiety in most of my relationships. So I can, like, I can tell people what I need from them. Like I, like I'm a person who needs words of affirmation. And I'm a person who needs like reassurance. Cause if you don't give it to me, I'm going to think you hate me. Right. And what does, yeah, like what happens 
when there is that disconnect, when you do think they hate you and they kind of get pissed off because of the way you're acting, because you think they hate you, what happens when there's a butting of heads? Like, how Just does like that- a lot of communication. Like I, like eventually like, my anxiety will get so bad if I think that they hate me that I'm like, I'm going to ask you if you hate me and you're going to tell really? me no. Yeah. And then I'm going to get the reassurance that I needed. And they're going to be like, why would you think that? And I'm going to have to explain myself. But like normally you already know that I have really bad anxiety about that kind of stuff in the first place. It's like we're not going to be shocked that I'm asking you for reassurance. Yeah. I think that's a lot of, a lot of people resonate with reassurance and kind of wanting that validation, but it's, it's tough when it's, Basically, the pandemic, you're stuck in your house, you're isolated from people. So is that reassurance the same type of reassurance that it would be like in person? Or like you can FaceTime me, you can text me. Like, I mean, I obviously, it depends on what it is, but like it can show up in many different ways. Right. Because for me, right, you're an independent, you're stronger, you're a strong-willed girl. But it's like, I don't. At first, knowing you, I would think like, oh, she's good in isolation. Like, she's good. She's like, she's good being by herself. But I feel like, obviously, you can tell me if you're wrong. There's a connection. There's a lack of connection that obviously everybody craves connection. Mm -hmm. What happens when that reassurance isn't kind of like a real actual connection? You're like, what is it? How does that? Like, I don't need reassurance. Like, like you could text me and be like, we're good. And I would believe you. Really? <laughs> well, like, depending on who it is. Like, because most people, I'm like, you're going to be straight up with me. Because there's levels. There's, there's, there's levels. levels to it. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember in a relationship, a, a girl would need reassurance publicly or a girl would need real reassurance in, like, touching them or on the gram or, like, there's different levels. Like, what is yeah. your your I ideal level as a text? My, I'm a words of affirmation person. Like, that's yeah, my, my okay. love language is words of affirmation. So if you tell me, like, we're good or, like, you're not like, I don't hate you. Like, I'm going to believe that you don't hate me. But like, I might need you to say it. Yeah. And I guess another two part question to the whole pandemic thing. How was that for you? I know a lot of people went through a tough time. Obviously, you said you don't need like the actual physical reassurance. But how were you individually? Like, how did you cope through it? Like, how was that process for you? Like, I, It was really difficult. Like, I got more comfortable being alone. Like, before, like, I, like, would, see, like, seek out other people. I constantly needed to be talking to somebody. Yeah. And, like, whether it was, like, FaceTiming my friend, texting my friend, whatever, like, I could, like, be alone for three days and not talk to, talk to, talk to anybody and be perfectly fine. What, what like, practices made you, like, com- more comfortable being alone? I know you're, like, you love your little movies, you love dancing, you love Obviously, TikTok. Dancing. What kind of? Excuse me. Ew. I don't. I, I don't you look, didn't even notice. That's I what did I call like it. Once. But your little TikToks. What? But seriously, what kind of makes you comfortable being alone? Like you said. Like, well, like what? I was forced to be alone, so I didn't really have an option. Yeah. But it's like finding like what brings me joy, like when I'm alone, and like bring what brought me joy was like watching TV and like getting really into a TV show or like getting really into a movie or getting connected to different characters or like whatever it may be. Everyone has their own thing, but you have to like figure out like what makes you okay with being alone. Like what can you do by yourself and be okay with it? I'll go to the movies alone. Like I don't care. Like I'll like go run my, I used to not even be able to run errands alone because I wanted to be with somebody like while doing stuff. Do those kind of still help you now or it's not good enough? Like that kind of practices. Now that you're out of quarantine and you're seeing other people move, you're seeing other people like no, like I, that follows up and like that's become like a habit of mine. Okay, so that's 
kind of raise the baseline of like of that deep, dark place that you can get to? Does it raise it or is it still the same? Man, I think I can still get there pretty easily. Hmm. But it's also like it's dark and it's winter. Like if it was summer, like different story. But like yeah, it's easier to fall back into that when you get into like winter. That is, again, we're so different and alike in a lot of ways. But even thinking about it, like you said, something you just touched on is like winter and summer. That does a lot for a lot of people. And that 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 kind of destroys a lot of people like coming from Alaska and coming to Phoenix and Dallas and Denver and New York. How was where were you the happiest in your life? Like where does obviously does that play from? the seasons like where were you in the best place in the best mental space of your life Arizona but that really? played that played from the job as a job really but I like I had never been happier in a job than I was there like I was so fulfilled so challenged so appreciated so contributing to so much like the where it carried over and it showed up in the rest of my life because I was just like more confident and happier because like I was when you're spending 40 hours a week doing something like it carries over into other things you're gonna do so like when that's going well and that's positive, it's easier to like for everything else to be going well as well. Okay, from what I'm hearing, right? And just trying to tie it all together. Let's say that job is not there, right? Yeah, but well, it went away. No, I'm saying not the actual job. Let's let's like think deeper here. Like, what is the binding thing in that job? Like the action of you working and fulfilling something bigger than yourself and you're great at it basically showing off your skill and helping so many others and being challenged like that's what i talked about today like that's i'm i'm lacking that right now and like i need that to feel fulfilled you're challenging yourself now though from thinking of it you you've done so much in your life without one you didn't go to college two you built your own road for yourself three like you're successful in different areas i'm saying can't you manufacture that difficulty yourself like without a job like what is it that ties you to a job it's like doesn't creating content like i i said a couple couple weeks ago you wanted to do this full time like wasn't that challenging you in a way that like hey yeah and it still is but like i want my health insurance that i get in my job that's why i won't quit like that's the biggest thing like i need my health insurance yeah so it's like if i'm gonna have to be at a job anyway for that reason like i might as well like get fulfillment and be challenged and appreciate like what I'm like doing and feel appreciated. No, I definitely get that. And I definitely feel that with the health insurance thing. But I guess for me, it's like a lot of people do that and find their fulfillment in their job. And that's where I kind of have the pushback and challenging you since you love to be challenged, you know? So that's my well, for me, thoughts on that. Who I am is like someone who needs to be challenged. So it's like, where can I find areas of my life where I can be challenged? Like one of those ways is work. If we're going to spend 40 hours a week doing something, it might as well be like where I can get fulfilled. That's facts. That's actually facts though. No, you're right. Like, cause I talked about it today in therapy. I was like, I'm lacking all these things. And she's like, okay, well, where would you find those things? Like, she's like, what do you really want? And I was like, I want to be challenged. I want to be like appreciated. And she's like, where would you find something like that? I'm like, for not, it's not going to be a job for everybody. For me, it's going to be a job. And it's listening to this. It just kind of takes me back to a conversation or not really a conversation, but uh, a fight or whatever that we had between two friends that kind of. I get now it's like 
if obviously to the listener, I called this girl Jasmine, I called her selfish. And for her, she, she told me like, that's a trigger. Don't ever call me selfish. Don't ever call me selfish. But in my head, it's like, I hear a girl that knows like how she is, is self-aware of how she is. And it's only like, for me at the time, it's only yeah. focused about how she is and what she's doing and how she feels. It's like, damn, like she's selfish. And I just said that out and I blurred that out and it kind of triggered with her. And it's like, I get it now. It's, it's like when you're dealing with anxiety and you're, you're dealing with that, that type of effect, it's like a negative, negative effect. It's like when you're off, you can be seen as selfish and self-centered, but it's like, nah, I'm just trying to get right with myself. I'm trying to focus on myself so I can impact others. Yeah. And another thing that goes with it too is like my love language is words of affirmations. Like the complete other end of that is like, you hate me if you're going to give me words of affirmation that are negative. Yeah. What, what helps you when no one says they, well, no one gives you that affirmation. Like what helps you? How do you show compassion or how do you show love for yourself? Like how do you hold on to that grace and and give it to yourself? I I literally do words of affirmation with myself. Really? Yeah. If I did it every day. Really? So you have a, a practice doing that. Especially and that if really I, helps especially if it's corny as it sounds, like it really helps. And especially if I it's like not corny. No, it's it sounds corny. To most people it sounds corny. But like it's valid. Like it seems corny. And like even when you first start doing it, it's it's like very, very uncomfortable. But the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more you start to believe it. Like when I wake up and I have like I drank like and I'm a really bad like hungover anxiety, like I literally will sit in my bed for 20 minutes and be like, no one hates you. Everything is fine. Until, until I believe it. Because I will wake up thinking everyone hates me and everything is not fine. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, again, it's not corny at all because, again, I, I speak about this on my podcast. It's, it's like when you speak something, and for me, I'm obviously faith-based and a believer of Christ, and I say it over and over again. It's like when you speak something out, it's like we don't, not to get all weird, but like, we don't understand that we're spiritual beings first. Like, it's not just logic. It's like there's things happening to our body and like our beliefs that's typically made from what you say and what you create out of your mouth. You're creating your world. And it's like, it's kind of tricking that brain or yielding your life by what you say. So you intentionally saying that every single day, it's like a practice. And, And like we said before, when you're young, it's learned behavior. You're learning how to become that person that you're portraying that you're speaking. So it's like, yeah. And then it's unlearning afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And so like for me, what I do, I pray. And when I pray, it's like, I'm praying inward and my love and that prayer flows outward for everybody else that touches everybody else, hopefully. But that is, that is my practice. And I feel like it's so essential to have a practice such as that. So that's, that's pretty good, Jasmine. I did want to get back into your, bringing baggage segments. I, I found some quotes that I kind of want you to explain and, you know, kind of talk about. So the first one is constantly seeking validation, even though you don't know that's what you're doing. What does that mean? It's so crazy that you say like, you're pulling these quotes. Cause I, like when I talk on my podcast, I, I really just be ranting sometimes. Like, I don't even know that I say the things that I say. And I don't listen to them back. I just upload them. So like, I don't even know. Like, you don't listen to them. Like, I don't even know what the. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'll edit skill. like. 
well, like, cause like what I, I want it to be like as natural as possible. And I don't want to edit things out because like, I feel like I'm trying to be like, the whole point is for me to be genuine, open and like relatable. And like, I feel like when I cut things out, it's like I'm picking and choosing. So I try to just, I'll like make them, if I like, if I burp, for example, I'll, like, <laughs> actually like, I'll like make a note at like, at like 1530, I need to like go and like, for context, she burped and I said, I'm editing it out. I never edit either, but I'm definitely editing out, but continue. Sorry. Yeah. So like things like that, like, so like those kinds of things, I'm like, I don't even know the context of why I said that, but I think like for me, just like hearing that it's like performative, like when you're doing things performative, like trying, like seeking validation and it's like, are you posting it? Cause like you want to post it. And like, that just like naturally came to you. Or are you posting it because like you're hoping to get a reaction out of somebody? No, I, I think whether it, it's like subconscious or not. Yeah, and like no, I quoted, I wrote it down because it's like that's literally what everybody does. That literally is what I do with this podcast without knowing. Like, yeah, like I try to be so perfect with uh, bringing output and bringing something to people that I just I think that like that will give me the next high, the next rush to 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 go on to. The next step but now that was a good one the next one being at rock bottom is such a blessing yeah i i don't remember saying that but i mean it's really i would say no they, it's like, that i would say these are fire um, it's the same concept of like you have to break down to break through like when you're at stop, rock stop, bottom, stop, stop, stop 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 because i was gonna say that one i was gonna say that one i love that one yeah it's the same concept. It's just like you can, when like you're that low, you can find appreciation for things that like you couldn't find appreciation in before. And it's like, it can only go up from there. So it's like, even though things are terrible and they suck, you know, they're going to get better because like you're, you, it can get any worse. Yeah. Right. Nah, that the, like you say, you don't even know what you're saying, but no, these are such fire quotes that a lot of people can take into their week and just have something as a reminder, or even a, a thing that they say in the morning or they see on like a bulletin board that kind of gives them that jolt uh, in a different way, because everybody can attest to that and everybody can resonate with that. So that's a good one. The next one, you can't unlearn something in a couple of weeks. You're teaching yourself something you've known for 20 years. Yeah. Um, I feel like I say that like in like every episode, yeah. but that's because like my therapist tells me like whenever I'm like going through like a struggling with anything, basically, she's like, you have to remember like and be kind to yourself. Like you've been, you learned how to do this like as a child and it stuck with you and you can't unlearn that like immediately. It's going to take time because it's like, it's been so long of you just in that same pattern right. and that pattern carries versus like. It's like reteach yourself something like like a, like a different way to deal with it, like a more positive way to deal with something. And it's like you're breaking the habit, and you can't, it takes a long time to break a habit. It's like smoking cigarettes; like you can't do it in a few weeks. Like it takes a long time because you're unlearning a habit that like you're used to like needing. Yeah, and yeah, like you saying that, and that quote is is it's everything, and it's true. And it kind of plays back to the thing that you just said, like the inner child. I. I guess I never looked at it through the lens of like an inner child, but I love that you said that. And I love that your therapist kind of hits on that. What does it, what does it mean? Like the, I'm sure there's an actual breakdown of like the inner child, but what is kind of like what you and your therapist talk about when it comes to just the inner child? It's just like, like you said, healing that past takes time or is there more to that inner child? Um, It's just like, 
being kind to your younger self, being the person that your younger self needed that you didn't have. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing. It's like I needed certain things from a parent and I didn't get them. And now it's like providing that for myself as an adult so that I I don't show up in the same way of like lacking something. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So healing your younger self, do you feel like you're healing yourself now by kind of that thought process in reverse? Like, I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And for everybody listening, I think that is a practical way to go about it. It's like you went through these traumas and you're addicted, like the emotional addictions that you have of your past is still uh, leading you to today. But if you can think of it in reverse and think of how did I want to be loved and show yourself that love right now, it's kind of like full circle moment. Like, okay, now I can become another version of myself, the new version, the real version. So that's awesome. To close this out, First of all, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the Mind Bully podcast with Norrence Odiase and everybody listening. I appreciate your time and for you to be so vulnerable and candid about how everything that's happening in your life shaped you to be who you are today and kind of that you pushed the, the message of being mentally aware, getting therapy, trying to become a better person through everything that you've been with. I appreciate and just am proud of having a friend that's so honest with herself. So thank you, Miss Jasmine. Thank you. To close it out, though, fast five. I'm basically going to say five things and you give me the first thing that comes to your head when you think of these five things. You ready? As ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) All right. Number one, Alaska. Cold. (laughs) TikTok. Fun. Therapy. Traumatic. Frank Ocean. Depression. You love Frank Ocean. What do you mean? That's I your... love Frank Ocean, but like Frank Ocean got me through my like got me through okay, the dark okay. like phase of my life. Twenty twenty two. Hopeful. Hopeful. There we go. Hopeful. I'm I'm with the big hopeful vibes. Um, nah. And the last question I'd ask: What does overcoming your mind bully mean to you? Like, what does that look like? I think it all goes back to like being the person that you needed like at any point in your time, like any point in time. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Just Jazzy IDK. Do you have any other words for the mind bully and X? Wait, you know how those brochures say like mind bully X bringing baggage. Do you have yeah. anything to say to the listeners? You're never going to regret spending time working on yourself. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Please, 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 guys, if you haven't already, what are you doing? Go follow the Bringing Baggage podcast on IG, Just Jazzy IDK on a TikTok, Mind Bully podcast on IG, Mind Bully pod on a Twitter. Make sure again that you've rated and reviewed the Mind Bully podcast. Thank you so much for that. Remember, if you're on Spotify, you can hop on Apple. You can hop on Apple pod and leave a review for the kid, for the squat for the pot thank you so much though i appreciate that from me to you norrence odiase thank you so much for being with us back again for another episode god bless peace and love hey genix you going off